Welcome to Chatting with Channing, the podcast for Channing School that lets you, the listener, find out more by hearing from people throughout the school community. Each episode, you'll hear real stories from staff, from pupils, from parents and the school's alumni to give you a true reflection of life on Highgate Hill. So let's get into this episode right now of Chatting with Channing. So in this episode, we'll be talking to Eleni Pavlopoulos, Head of Careers and some Channing School students. We'll find out about the careers programme at Channing School and about the students' roles as career leaders. We hear about some unusual careers that students have chosen in the past and we chat to Eleni about her own career and life outside the school. Let's meet Head of Careers and the students. Hello. Hello. So tell me about the careers programme at Channing School. Well, I hope that it is second to none. We've been working hard on it for the last three and a half years since I joined Channing. It focuses on an information, education and guidance for the students and involves a speaker program, skills development, work experience, workplace visits, including to places such as the Australian High Commission, the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. I think what's particularly good about it is that it's curated carefully with input and feedback from students and from parents and from employers. So I hope that it offers uh, Channing everything that a student should expect. It is a really difficult choice, isn't it, when you're a young person to be asked at this stage of your life to choose careers. So when do you think students should start actually really focusing on their careers? Well, our programme starts right off from year seven. So we introduce gently a few different careers at that point just to inform students. In the summer term, they have a whole day, year seven and eight, where they all participate in the National Enterprise Challenge, which in fact a year seven team won last year. Gosh, congratulations. Thank you so much. (laughs) That gives them a flavour of uh, what running a business and coming up with an idea and uh, costing it out and so on involves. We ramp up the input, if you like, during the course of school life. And it's at its full in year 12, when obviously students are there making decisions about university and their future. So that's where the most activity goes on. Do you think things have changed? I'm assuming you you might have been doing this for a little while. Do you think things have changed? The the world of, of, of work has changed, hasn't it really? For certain, we had four professionals from KPMG online to talk to year eight. Three of them were at home. From that point of view, it's becoming much more flexible. There are jobs that we know they don't exist currently and students must be prepared for them in the best possible way. I think that what's important is to focus on skills that are transferable for the workplace of the future. So everything we do really is teaching students to communicate, to be flexible, to be creative, to be resourceful thinkers. So the type of skills that recruiters are telling us that they want to see in, in their future employees. And how do you help students who may not have any idea at all of of what they would like to do? So my countryman, Socrates, said, know thyself. And I think that's a, a very important starting point. As students begin to understand what their strengths are, what they like, what they don't like, equally important, they will find 
their center of interests. And that's what the, the whole school appear, experience is about. So moving up the school, we also provide them with tools such as Indigo, Morris B, Unifrog, where they can do uh, all sorts of questionnaires, psychometric testing, including Myers-Briggs, to really get a full picture of what they might be suitable for. And it, it is quite interesting how accurate some of those tools are in predicting where students will head. So I think that that helps them a lot. In addition, we have all the staff on hand. I see every year 11 individually. The sixth form team is very, very active with, with their duties and students and uh, external advisors provided at year 12 as well, in addition to the form tutors constantly advising students on choices. Because I guess there's the opposite of that as well, isn't there? That a, a child will perhaps join the school completely passionate, absolutely set upon a career, and then suddenly have this crisis of, I don't want to do this. And presumably you're there for those young people as well. Yes, of course. And sometimes if they are set on a career, we do try and encourage them to, to look more widely because they don't necessarily know what they don't know. So uh, if it's medicine and only medicine, you know, what else in the scientific field could be of interest? You talked about speakers. They're always so valuable. I found them hugely valuable when I was at school way back. Um, what are some of the most interesting speakers you've had? Oh, we've had so many and such wonderful speakers. It's all, it almost feels disingenuous to choose. So I think Michelle Hussein was fantastic. Obviously, mm -hmm. she was talking about her uh, book, The Skills, uh, What Every Woman Needs to Know, and that was incredibly valuable. We have also recently had Baroness Nikki Morgan, so talking about her career in law and politics. We've had Misha Glennie, investigative journalist, talking about the benefit of languages and the influence on his career as going on to produce Mac Mafia. And we also had recently Baroness Tani Gray-Thompson, who was talking about her career in sport and leadership. And that, again, was inspirational to hear her stories. It must be so interesting to see the, the young people sort of glued to their stories and, and drinking it all in, all that information. Absolutely. And, and in fact, uh, some, some speakers, such as Dame Mary Archer, have been so kind as to go on and mentor some of our students. So that's really wonderful. Yes, I was just going to touch on, do you, do you find that students who've left the school are always keen to sort of help? I know I, I do the same to actually mentor students who are still there. Do you have a programme of that? Yes, absolutely. The alumni are wonderful to, in coming back to us and they're perhaps the most influential as well because they've experienced the Channing School life and they come and tell their stories of university and beyond. So that's very helpful too. And I know there are all sorts of careers out there that we couldn't have imagined existing. What are some of the most unusual careers perhaps that some of your students have gone on to pursue? There really is absolutely everything. So we, we produce our share of lawyers, journalists, doctors, as you would expect. I think we have quite a good record of entrepreneurs. So, for example, Olivia Vollenberg, who uh, studied neuroscience at UCL, went on to found Livia's Kitchen which are health food products for children, which taste incredibly good and look like sweets. In the same vein, born in lockdown, Mia Jacobs, who studied drama and theatre at Birmingham, went to, on to found Always Cook on the Bright Side online cookery courses. 
in another field, I think the career of Isabel Gibson is very interesting. She studied natural sciences at Cambridge, but didn't want to be a doctor. She set up at a very young age her own medical communications company and is now still in her 20s working as global medical affairs leader in oncology for AstraZeneca. Gosh, you must be very proud. <laughs> I can't take credit for that one. I wasn't here. <laughs> oh, So tell me, Eleni, what's your career path been while we're talking of careers? Sure. So I studied English and French law and I was then a solicitor at Linklater's, a magic circle firm for a long time and then global head of conflicts there too, using my languages for many years before deciding to follow my passion. So I retrained as a languages teacher over a decade ago now and I alongside the careers role, um, a teacher of French and German here at Channing, which is my absolute passion. So you're an interesting example for your students then that not everybody has to follow one career for the whole of their lives. Well, I think that's a very important point, actually, and we do make it to, to students because they, they can tend to agonise over choices. And uh, the current view is that students currently at school will probably have 11 different jobs in their life so no longer is there a job for life I'm not doing too badly then I was I'm an ex-lawyer too so you know moved on to different different areas but uh, it is interesting these days how much more fluid the work world is isn't it absolutely you must come in and talk to us (laughs) I may well do so (laughs) so let's step outside the uh, school gates for a moment tell me more about you the person what you're passionate about what excites and interests you Well, we've touched on it already, absolutely languages. So German in particular is my passion. I say that that French was my first love until I met German. And the language, the literature, the history is extraordinarily interesting. I am very interested in, in the historical and cultural aspects as well as the language. I think you're going to have to book yourself as a speaker. (laughs) That just shows how broad things can be, doesn't it? So if you had one particular piece of advice for a student choosing a career, what would it be? Very straightforward, really. And I hear it again and again from from the people who come to, to speak with students. It's do what you love. If you're passionate about something, you will be successful. If you want to do it, you will persevere. And if students are following their passion, that's the best advice I can give them. Wonderful. Thank you very much indeed. Now we're going to talk to some of your students. So we have Alma Miller and Nora Bentata. Hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) That was very nice, very tuneful together. (laughs) Alma, let's talk to you first. Do you know what you want to do in the future? We're talking about careers. What have you got in mind? Yeah, so roughly, I mean, I think things change quite frequently in my life as an 18-year-old, but I've always dreamt of becoming a barrister. Whether that's criminal or corporate, I still haven't decided, but I think that's quite a long way away. But yeah, I think the goal is law. Okay, so tell me when that decision came to you and how Channing School has been able to help you with that kind of pathway. So um, my dad, my uncle and my grandpa are all lawyers. And And so I've been surrounded by law all my life and I've just taken quite an interest in it. And I actually went with Nura's (laughs) mum to look at the Royal Courts of Justice and Nura, actually. (laughs) And yeah, Channing's been really helpful. Of course, I've I've spoken to Miss Papadopoulos about it and... 
they brought in so many guest speakers, which have been lawyers and barristers and solicitors. And I've been able to even interview a few of them. And so it's been a really amazing experience for me to be able to actually talk to them and figure out what I want to do in life based off their own experiences. And especially women lawyers as well, because of course, my family and the people in law in my family are all male. So to have women lawyers and women barristers come and speak to me about, you know, their trade and how they feel as women in the workforce has been really helpful. Because law is very broad, isn't it? And I think when you when you first think of it, perhaps people always think of barrister. But but have you been able to sort of look at the whole breadth of the legal careers that you might be able to do? I'd like to think so. I mean, I'm definitely not an expert on it by any means, but I have been very exposed to it because of the opportunities that Channing has given me and own personal opportunities because of my family and how um, surrounded by law I am. Laura, we're going to ask you. Hi. I think we're going to say Laura again, are we? Or are you going to surprise well, me? Well, kind of. I mean, <laughs> so I've also come from like a family of lawyers. It's definitely something I'm like thinking about and have been thinking about. At the moment, I don't necessarily want to head down that path. I'm so, more interested in a slightly more sort of creative career and something something in the arts, maybe something to do with communication because I'm quite interested in drama. I'm not 100% set on what I want to do yet. I think I'm still figuring it out a bit, seeing what I'm interested in. But I think Channing has been really helpful with that too because there's loads of things from like, the Morrisby quiz that we do in like, I think it's year nine and year 11. And they tells you sort of where your strengths lie with the careers. And like just generally talking to Ms. Pavlopoulos, I've done a lot, hearing loads of speakers from a range of different exciting careers. And I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. You know what I mean? So it's completely just like getting inspiration and developing like who I am and what I might want to do, I think is really key for me. Yeah. Because it's an interesting stage, isn't it? It's 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 a difficult yeah. stage. I don't think there's anything easy about choosing at this point in your life which way you're going to go. Is there any one thing that that sort of sparks something in you and you thought, ah, oh, yes, I like that? I don't think it's necessary because I want to do that exact profession. But during lockdown, we had like a careers convention and there was, I forgot her name, but there was a speaker who worked in like radio and just what she said about how she gets to talk to different people and how she gets to present and talk. I mean, literally what I'm doing now. It was just like, that sounds really interesting and maybe something like that. But I don't think it was like, I definitely want to do that career. It's more like she delivered such an engaging talk and seemed so passionate about her career. And I was like, that's how I want to feel about mine. I envy you. I envy you being at that stage, but it's also worrying too, isn't it? You're, it's a bit scratchy head time. So your careers leaders in, at Channing School, how does that work? Tell me what, what you both do. Well, we were. We're ex-careers leaders. Oh, OK. But we... <laughs> You've retired, have you, already? <laughs> yeah, we had a very long run from, I think it was year 11 to 12. So really peak, peak coronavirus time because we're now in year 13. Okay. So do you want to start on that or shall I? I think you start off. Okay, so I think being careers leaders was like a really amazing opportunity. And it was something I didn't really know a lot about down the school because I think a lot of the careers work is done so behind the scenes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, people are interviewing speakers and events are being organised, but you don't really see how it happens. And I think being careers leaders really helped us understand like just how much work goes into it and how much like we do. And also obviously the whole careers department at Channing does. And it was something that we did were quite hit with COVID, but it was something we did really completely manage to carry on with. And we did so many online events and it was really like we, had, we completely adapted to that whole new way of, of working. And we had Google Meet speaker interviews and we had online careers conventions and we had like <laughs> loads of Google Docs and Google Forms and everything like that. So, yeah, I think it was, it was it obviously was a challenge at first, but it was something we completely adapted to. I also think that because of the fact that we were made to do it in a time you know of such change like covid it also gave us something to do during lockdown yeah and completely it made us i think 
more well-rounded people as a whole because we were able to interact with you know guest speakers online and we were also made to be very adaptable and flexible which is something that I didn't think I got from the education system and I wouldn't have got that without (laughs) careers leaders because I wouldn't have been been able to figure out okay I have to interview this this person now and you know my technology isn't working and this isn't working and this isn't coming to play and so a lot of it is kind of improvisation and learning to think on the spot and that's not something that you really get taught unless you get to experience it and so it was a really great experience I think for me and the other three girls who are also careers leaders to be able to have this opportunity to kind of get thrown into something that almost mimics the skills you need in the real world yeah so I definitely think that like it's one of the things I've done that's most sort of built my confidence and built our abilities to sort of connect with people and like network and it's been really helpful I mean both you know with the university applications and everything like that and just generally I think as Alma said our life skills have been completely like <laughs> developed and it's, it's been really great yeah. and it was really fun yeah it was so fun it was such a shame that we had to retire <laughs> so so what does your actual role involve you know if I said to you describe me what a careers leader does so I think the biggest part of being a careers leader is the stuff, as Nira said, that happens behind the scenes. Going to meetings, learning to take, you know, minutes in meetings, which was my personal strength, I think, because I'm quite a fast typer. Learning to, you know, communicate with the people in your year and even in younger years, figuring out what kind of careers they're interested in that vary. You know, there was such a big variety, I think, in the year that we did it, especially in year 12. Are you the bridge between... Yeah, yeah, I definitely felt that we that's were. What you, that's what like, the whole role is, is you're supposed to bridge between... Yeah, we went exactly. we kind of asked our year group and also, like, other members of the school, like, what do you want to see more of? Like, what careers are you interested in? What events do you want to do? And we kind of fed that back to the Stuff from, department. like... Football players, hedge fund <laughs> yeah, managers, everything. We went around the years. Yeah, we went around the year seven forms one time and asked them, and it was hysterical. We would ask them, you know, what do you want to be? And often they would just say, you know, what my parents are. But sometimes they would have the funniest. They would come out with the funniest, you know, occupations that you just you would never expect. And the good thing about it is, is that sometimes we even managed to get them in. And like it would just it would yeah. just be amazing, like to see how like how much variety you know, this this department can have and how much we get to influence it based on what we, you know, feed back in meetings and also what we, we think are criticisms of previous things that we've done so that we get to really influence it. And like grow and learn about yeah. like how to how to keep improving the careers programme. And I think what Amma was saying about like talking to the sevens is like made me think that what we did, it was like careers programme is for every year at school, obviously a much higher stage for like year 11, 10, 11 to 13, because obviously that's the time when you're thinking about GCSEs and A-levels and careers and uni and everything like that. But even for like year seven, eight, nine, we still managed to do things. And I think it's just like we managed to pitch things to every single year group. And that was really like we had an effect, I think, on the whole school. And it's one of the only things that you really get to feel like that. And I think when I first became careers leader, I kind of thought, oh, like, I'll talk about, like, talk to the careers department about careers. And I just didn't really quite understand, like, how much was involved and how much we'd actually do, which would have been really, really great. I'm figuring that no speaker ever said no to you two. I'm just getting this kind of feeling (laughs) when you interviewed them. Did they say, of course we'll come? You sound quite persuasive, both of you. We tried. (laughs) We've learned a lot from this role. (laughs) Good training for a barrister. Never give up. 
never give up on anything. So, so what was the most in, interesting or unusual speaker or, or or something that you found? I the one that stuck in my mind partly because we did it like quite recently in terms of what we've done, but also because it was a field I was sort of interested in. Is we had a speaker, Karen Ross, who works in TV production, and I was really interested in learning about her career in the arts. And I think it was quite an unconventional career talk instead of like describing a sort of linear path. She'd done lots of like little jobs, like sort of been a waitress for a bit, done this for a bit, like done lots of things. And then eventually she did a TV show that like won loads and loads of awards, I'm pretty sure. And it was, yeah, she was definitely the most unusual speaker because she kind of described that route that was very unconventional, but also was quite like good spirited about it. And I think the thing that we both took away from that was like, you've got to kind of be adaptable and be flexible and like kind of keep going and be perseverance. Yeah, I think it was also one of the first talks that we went to that we understood that A-levels don't determine everything. Yeah. And that, that, you know, just the subject you pick do not necessarily determine what you're going to be. And I think making decisions so early on about your future based on, you know, even from GCSE subjects that set you in a very direct path, Karen Ross showed us that you can go off that completely and still be successful and that there's no need to make these decisions now and that not everything is set in stone. And that's something very, you know, beautiful to have said to you at an age where you're so stressed all the time because you think that the decisions you're making right now are the most important thing. I can't tell you, you know, if in 10 years time I will be a barrister, but I can tell you that's something that I might want to do now. But the fact that I have the opportunity and I have understood from other people who have, you know, who are much older than me and have so much more life experience that you can have these thoughts now and, you know, goals now and completely change them. And it doesn't mean anything and you can still succeed as, you know, it's really great. And I think that's something like to what Alma said that it's been really good, obviously from her and also other speakers we've had, because they've kind of said, look, this is what I do, but... Some of them, you know, I did these A-levels and I studied this and then I led and I had more of a linear path. But I think increasingly, like in the kind of future generations, especially like with younger speakers as well, they've done something and then done something else and then done a different job and then changed path and then eventually ended up at the job they felt was right for them. And I think for someone who's not completely sure what I want to do yet, I think that was quite reassuring. And as Alma said, knowing that A-levels aren't the be-all and end-all and the choices we made at like, what, 15 won't necessarily determine our entire futures was quite quite reassuring yeah the two of you I couldn't have put any of that better myself you're incredibly articulate um, I think you've both found careers in definitely being good communicators which is what you're going to need and uh, it's been delightful to hear from you today and uh, well done on your retirement you've retired before you started one career already done <laughs> thank you thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much That's it for this episode. If you've heard anything on this podcast and would like to get in touch with the school, then just visit channing.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to connecting with you next time. Bye for now.